Welcome to Put a Word on It, a podcast presented by Men of Valor. In each episode, we're going to talk with a different man, but each one with a unique journey from brokenness to freedom. I'm your host, Rudy Kalis. I spent over 40 years as a TV sportscaster, then retired and joined the Men of Valor program as a volunteer. So join the conversation, reconciling men to God, their families, and society. Welcome to another edition of Put a Word on It, brought to you by Interstate AC. They're wonderful folks that have supported Men of Valor, and we thank you for your support. Uh, Tyler Blevins, there's a young man that I want you to meet. The story being that so many times, and I've met so many guys in prison, where drugs and heavy alcohol and all these things became a part of their addiction and wound up leading them into prison. It doesn't always have to happen that way. It could be something in your own medicine cabinet that sneaks up on you, and that's what it did with Tyler. It damaged his whole life. God has brought him through, but it's led for a powerful story from him. You know, I like you tell me, so you're expecting your first little baby, right? Coming up in May. A little baby girl. And happily married to a wonderful lady. I am, Selena. See, you think back and I look at you and you got this big smile on your face and life is good, but I'm taking you back to when you're in high school. Would you have ever thought that this would be part of your life now? There was a point in my life when I didn't think I would ever get out of the addiction. I thought it was always going to have a grasp on me. How did an addiction get into your life? It started as any, I would say, average American teenager. You start drinking a little. You start taking, hey, let's take this pill. Okay. But then my friends introduced me to painkillers. And as soon as I took my first painkiller is when my addiction to opiates started. Really? Yeah. Now, you in high school, you played sports. You grew up in Murfreesboro. Mom and dad had, 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 had a good family setting. Good family. Uh, went to the youth group was involved in church. And when I first started drugs is when I slowly started slipping away from everything. You don't even realize it's happening, do you? Mm-hmm. It takes it and you think it's just having fun and then your body becomes dependent on it. And it's like, you have to have it. And then the, your, the enemy tries to trick you and say, you have to have this. You can't do life without it. A lot of people get involved with that after injury. Mm-hmm. You know, Brett Favre, Green Bay Packers, when he was playing, got addicted because he was painkillers after injury. It wasn't as a result of that. It was just for the fun of it. Yeah, it was just going out, having fun on the weekends, and then weekends turned into, okay, let's do it on Monday. All right, well, I'm going to need it Tuesday, too, because your body just becomes so dependent on it. How did it change your personality? After drugs, I turned into a master manipulator, um, lost trust with everybody, um, family eventually they had to con- disconnect ties with me. Um, tough love, as some people would call it, but I think it it did turn out for the better. How long did you hide it from them? There must have been a period of time when they didn't know. They thought, we got a good son and he's doing right. How'd you hide it from them? Uh, I don't think I was really good at hiding it. Really? I think they knew. Um, they I don't think they wanted to come to terms with it yet, that their son was in drugs. Because I think they always kind of knew. And they first caught me at 16. And so that was right when I first started. And at 16 was when I went to my first rehab. So you know there's a God. You're kind of raised in that environment. Is there a battle of at all going on between the, the two spirits inside of you? I think I didn't really recognize it until now, looking back, how people planted seeds or how I stay connected because... Even when I'd move from place to place, I would always, for some reason, want to have a Bible with me. 
I don't know why. Even though you're getting high. Mm -hmm. I would just want to have a Bible. And just the seeds that got planted, looking back, you can tell everybody, no matter what their agenda was, even if they just said, you know, Jesus loves you. It, it had an effect in how I turned out today. Man, you had to hate yourself, though, to some degree, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, because in that life, you're stealing, you're robbing, you're going behind everybody's back. People that you love, you're lying to them to their face. How did the law get involved, in, and how did you have to pay for it? I was a shoplifter. That's what I did to- Get the money. Get the money to get the drugs, and you can only shoplift so much until they know what you look like and you keep going into stores. And so I got arrested at 26 was my first arrest. And I got arrested in Wilson County, Murray County and Rutherford County. Oh, like right after each other. I would get out from one, get on probation. By then you're 26. Have you been kicked out of the house? Mm -hmm. or you're on your own. You've got a lot of stuff going on in your head. Every day has got to be looking for some other way to get money, right? Mm -hmm. I got kicked out and ran out of places, so I went to the National Rescue Mission. And while I was at the mission, there was a kid about my age. He was like, hey, you want to go see the country? Well, yeah, sure, I'll go. Um, and so we hopped on a freight train. A hobo, they used to call it. Hobo. We, did, we hopped freight trains and hitchhiked. How are you feeding your drug habit now? You're on the road. You, you, you're no hit and miss. Holding signs at intersections. Oh, yeah. people give you some money. Yeah. A lot of that going on. Oh, yeah. All right. How long are you, did you wind up being incarcerated? Two and a half years. Because my longest stint was in Rutherford County at the workhouse. Yeah. I did one year. Went to a, con, a halfway house that I probably shouldn't have went to in the first place. And I went right back into my drug addiction. And two months later, I was back in and did another year at the workhouse. When did the good Lord finally grab you by the collar and say, enough is enough, son? It was that last time, uh, August 8th, 2017, was the last time, was the first day of my year-long um, jail sentence. And I just got on my knees and I said, I just can't do this anymore. I can't do it. I'm tired of working up from rock bottom every time. I just can't do it on my own. Instantaneous change or did something gradually turn you? I think it was. The first year I had got close to God and then I got out and then fell right back into it. So I knew the trap. I was like, okay, insanity, doing the same thing, expecting different results. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do things completely different. So on the second one, I got on my knees and I was like, I'm giving it all to you. And it really did happen instantly. Everything changed. I was praying about decisions. A guy actually hung himself in my pod that I was at in Murfreesboro. And immediately, and this is how I kind of knew that I, uh, God's spirit is, had entered me because I didn't think, oh, well, okay, he's dead. I thought, I wonder if he's going to heaven. Should I have said something to him? Because I had walked around the pod with him right before he went in and uh, committed suicide. You make the change in your life. You think, all right, Lord, you're going to turn me around. And then you find out about your father, mm -hmm. and the brain cancer in essence. Lord, why? Was that any part of your conversation? I think at first, but also there was a peace. 
um, I went to the hospital. My mom and sister um, were in there and they were tearing, they were bawling. And I walked in with almost a peace that God, God was going to take care of him, that God fulfilled me, him being able to see his son be reconciled and free from addiction. I think, and me being able to provide for my mo mother after he departed. That gave him a tremendous joy, didn't it? It did. In his last days to see his son change. I bet you shed some tears. I did. Um, I was there actually when he took his last breath, and that was finally when it broke me. You're completely changed now. You're all different. Any fears of slipping back into it? I mean, there's always a little bit of fear, but I think my relationship with God right now, I just, I couldn't see it. It would have to be a ferocious attack from the enemy for me to go back to the way I was. Well, you married a godly woman and and that'll kind of jerk your, your leash a little bit, well, won't it? It definitely will. And what is the idea of realizing you're going to be a father done to you? It's beautiful. I've always wanted to be a dad and to see the joy in my wife of becoming a mother, it just lights me up with joy and happiness because how happy she is about it and how happy we are about it. Mm -hmm. I think it's beautiful. You know, the name of the program is put a word on it. Have you thought about it? What kind of a word would you put on it? I have. That's actually a good uh, segue into my word. What is that? It's love. Ah, why? Christ showing love for us. In this season of my life, a baby being born, love for that child, love for my wife, love for family, um, love for mentors that have gotten me, helped guide me to where I'm at today. Is there a scripture that goes with your love thing? I do. So it's Romans 5, 8. All right. And it states, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When I was reflecting on that passage this morning, I saw two things. God's character, it, it far outweighs any humanly love we can even imagine. His love for us. It, the, the word love can't even really describe the love that God has for us. And the second part of that is in that verse is we. It's not them. It's not they. It's all of us. And I think it's a vital part of discipleship and showing love to your brothers and sisters. Well, you're a different man. I can see it in your face. The joy of a family. God's been good to you. He does love yes. you. All right, let me put a word on it. I just love listening to him. And you know what's also remarkable? Josh Carlson, Carl Carlson's son, the man who founded this ministry, his son is the one who mentored Tyler and has continued to be with him through all of this. So you see the power of it, the power of love and the power of being faithful. It's remarkable what God can do and the people that he uses. Thanks for joining us. Join us again next time as we put a word on it. You've been listening to Put a Word on It. We would love for you to subscribe wherever you download fine podcasts. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or Spotify. Put a Word on It is brought to you by Men of Valor. To learn more, go to movnashville.com.